evening. Again, we are going to acknowledge that we are grateful to our Father and our God in heaven for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, I believe that it is not possible for us in this estate to know all that God does for us, uh, but what we are able to appreciate is substantial. Uh, among the things we could name that God does or shows to us uh, are his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his forbearance. Uh, and I believe just those things alone is saying that God does a great deal for us uh, because we stand in need of those things every day. But in top, on top of all the things that God does, he remains God uh, and is never less than God even though he deals with us. Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 7, verse 17, he says, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. I'm going to judge looking at the audience this morning, and I know it's uh, this evening, rather. Uh, that's kind of a foretell about what I'm about to say that I would call evening morning. Uh, and I know it's a holiday weekend, so there are uh, shortly uh, a great number of us uh, out of town. Uh, I don't know how your week was last week, uh, but I had a busy, busy week last week. Uh, I, I had three things occurring simultaneously that any one of them by themselves would have uh, uh, filled up a week. And, and I say that to say, tonight I'm tired. So as Elizabeth Taylor is rumored to have said to her eight husbands, I shall not keep you long. <laughs> we want to direct your attention to Genesis chapter 11. Uh, we want to read again there verse number four. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Based on what Moses has recorded for us here in Genesis chapter 11, uh, we want to use this evening as a subject if you really want a name. When we look at Genesis chapter 11, uh, let us bear in mind, I think aspiration is a great thing. I, I think everybody ought to aspire to something. Uh, the person with no aspiration has no vision, no hope, no plan. But when we aspire, uh, our aspirations ought to always revolve around the will of God. I think it's great when young people aspire to be servants in God's kingdom. And I know many young people like me probably aspire to be a professional athlete or uh, an actor or a singer or something of the like. Uh, all aspirations are not great, but everybody needs to have some aspiration. And here in Genesis chapter 11, the earth at this time was of one language and one speech, and they express an aspiration in verse number four. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name 
lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. When we look at Genesis chapter 11, there's a lot to be said about names. Uh, many of us remember from our childhood days that you had to be careful with calling people names. Now, prayerfully, as you grow up, you grow out of that being an issue. Uh, but you could usually start a fight a as a young person if you call the right name. The, the word name has many different uh, uh, connotations. Sometimes when we say name, we're, we're talking about the appellation that you're known by. Ricky is one of the names that I choose to answer to. But sometimes n the word name means much more than just uh, of the word we call you by. Uh, for example, in Proverbs 22 and verse number one in your Bibles, uh, the wise man declares, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And their name doesn't mean the appellation that we know you by. It's Solomon saying it's better to have a good reputation. It's better to be known as a person of character than to be a rich individual. Even man appreciates that one's name can have implications uh, uh, other than one's reputation. Uh, consider some of the, I guess you would call them stars, who have changed their name for one reason or another. I, I may date myself with some of these. Marshall Bruce Mathers III was better known as Eminem. Curtis Jackson is better known as 50 Cent. Terry Bollea was better known as Hulk Hogan. Norma Baker was better known as Marilyn Monroe. Carlos Ray was better known as Chuck Norris. Annie Mae Bullock was better known as Tina Turner. Karen Johnson was better known as Whoopi Goldberg. Calvin Broadus is better known as Snoop Dogg. And Kenneth Edmonds was better known as Babyface. Now, in some cases, neither of those names may mean anything to you. But, but people understood there's something in a name more than just what you call me by. In, in, in the Bible, names were very significant, that they often said something about the person. Uh, you remember in Genesis 17, verse 5, that God said to Abram, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham, because you will be the father of many nations. In Matthew 1 and verse number 21, uh, Mary is told you will call his name Jesus because he shall save the people from their sins. And, and I believe when it comes to uh, uh, name in the context of reputation, uh, that we've all heard people talking about making a name for themselves. Have you ever asked yourself, what exactly does this mean? What does it mean to make a name for myself? What did the people mean here in Genesis chapter 11 in verse number four when they said, let us make us a name? Uh, unfortunately, man usually has a, a lower understanding of things uh, uh, than the children of God do. When we look at Genesis chapter 11, the people here wanted to make a name or rather build a reputation uh, among themselves. We want men to esteem us. We want to be held in reputation by those that are like us. 
I just believe Christians ought to have a higher aspiration than wanting to be esteemed by people. Now, mind you, I understand that character and reputation are a large part of what God calls us to. Uh, I remember well the declaration of Jesus, Matthew 5, verse 16, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Uh, having a good reputation is essential to my work in the Master's kingdom. But when we talk about making a name for ourselves, I, I believe the children of God ought to aspire to more than just being esteemed by men. In, in verse number 3 there in Genesis 11, they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and, had, and slime had they for mortar. Now, now we get the explanation in verse number 4 of why they did this. But I submit to you, based on verse uh, uh, number three, that if you really want a name, then don't let men determine your plan. It, pay attention to the language there in verse number three. And they said, one to another. And then in verse four, and they said. But if you keep reading in verse number six, notice it says, and the Lord said. See, men may have some say, but God always has the final say. And usually when it comes to men, what they say is different from what God has said. It, it, when you talk about things like morality, they say, people are born this way. Uh, I, I have the right to choose and nobody judge me. That's what they say. But, but then God says. You know, God just says something different uh, uh, from men, even when Jesus, you remember Matthew chapter 16, uh, uh, that he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? That's what he's asking them, what do they say? And remember, they said, uh, you're Jeremiah or Elijah or, or just one of the prophets. You know, some of them couldn't even say anything definitive. We just one of the prophets. Doesn't that sound like our religious world? Uh, when it comes to the truth, they say a number of things. You know, join the church of your choice. It, it, it doesn't matter what you do uh, uh, because God knows your heart. But when we read the word of God, God has said something different than what men say. And again, let us remember, more important than what they say is, and the Lord said, because God always has the final say. In, in Proverbs 19 and verse number 21 in your Bibles, uh, the wise man declares, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. I, I think we need to be aware of the fact they may say many things, but it's always God that's in charge and God that's in control. So they may say, they may have a plan, but ultimately it's up to God. They had a plan in Genesis chapter 11, but ultimately it was up to God what came to pass. And you know, there are a number of people in the Bible that could attest to this. Nebuchadnezzar could tell you, it really doesn't matter what men say. You remember Nebuchadnezzar, he's just feeling good about his kingdom, and, and, and Nebuchadnezzar is just saying, look, I'm the man around here. Nobody's had a kingdom like this. But then God said, you will be driven from your throne and, and live like a wild animal. Uh, 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 Naaman, the rich man of Luke chapter 12, uh, there's a long list of people that could tell you they say is bad medicine and ultimately it's what the Lord said uh, uh, that will stand. But then in verse 4, and they said, there's that phrase, 
Go to, let us build us a city and a tower. There's some aspiration there. And remember, aspiration is good as long as it's in keeping with the will of God. Let us, make, uh, uh, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name. See, see that's just a problem with the plan. Let us make us a name. See, see, if you really want a name, if you want a good name, let God choose your name for you. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. There was a plan to do something that would cause them to be regarded by those that were like them. But again, appreciate man often has bad ideas and bad judgment. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 15 in your Bibles, uh, uh, Jesus says, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Isn't that still true in our world today? Isn't it still true that the things that men esteem, the things that men admire are abomination in the sight of God? And, and the things that God has said are good, that men look at and, and they frown upon. I, I think just Wednesday past in, in Bible class, or sometime here recently, uh, we were talking somewhere uh, about meekness. And isn't it so that men despise meekness? Uh, they misunderstand what meekness is, and everybody wants to rule with the fist of iron. But, but meekness is commended uh, by the Lord. Man often esteems what God uh, has set no value on. And unfortunately, sometimes even those who should know better do this very thing. Do you remember when Israel wanted a king and Samuel went down to the house of Jesse? And Samuel looked at the outward appearance. You remember Eliab comes before him and he says, Surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. Well, why do you think Eliab must be the king? Because he's a big old good looking fellow. You know, if you're going to pick a king, he, he's got what, on the outside, he looks like what a king should look like. But Samuel, have you ever stopped to think that a good king needs more than gift wrap? Have you ever considered that, that a good king needs to look better on the inside than he does on the outside? Uh, but when you talk about our world today, when they want to sell products, do they choose people that look good on the inside? You know, as somebody just mentioned, I fail, it, it, it befuddles the imagination what a woman who has a 36, 24, 36 figure dressed in a bikini has to do with the viability of an automobile. Why does that make my car run because she looks good in the bed? What does that have to do with the worthiness of the automobile? Because men understand something about men. We are caught up in the outward appearance. And do you remember what God said to Samuel? You, you look at the outward appearance, but I don't choose like men choose. He said, I look at the heart. See, that's why you had Saul. That, that's why you all look at gift wrap. You are impressed by that. And, and then after they start to uh, uh, serve in that position, the gift wrap doesn't look so giftly after a while. You know, what, what was it we ever saw in this individual where there was nothing of substance to see in the first place? God says, but I look on the heart. I look at the inner person. I would tell those who are single uh, that that's good counsel to observe. Now, mind you, I, you look at my wife, and yes, I'm, I'm caught up. I, I, I like a nice outward appearance myself. 
Amen. But, but, but it serves you well to find somebody who has both of them. And if they only have one, opt for the inner beauty rather than the outer beauty. Ironically, they tried to make a name for themselves in verse 4, but it ended up being the place that was named. When you look in verse 9, it says, Therefore is the name of the city called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. What do we take from that? They said, let us make us a name. And do you know the people are never named here in the text? We remember the name of the place, but have no idea what the name of the people ever was. Let us make us a name, and we remember the place rather than the people. And above all, let us appreciate that God's children already have a name. In Revelation 2 and verse number 17, the Bible declares, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Isn't it ironic that we have a name and we find it ourselves wanting to make a name for ourselves? And, and even if you don't get what the, what the Holy Spirit was saying there in Revelation 2, verse 17, and, and let me just get, nobody knows what God has done for you like you do. I don't know the valleys that God has brought you through. I don't know your day-by-day -day struggles, but you know how good God has been to you. Nobody knows your name like you do. God has already given us a name. Isn't it something that men want to be had in reputation by other men rather than striving, striving to live godly lives so that we can have a name with the Father in heaven? God calls us to be his children. He wants to give us a new name that nobody knows, saving he uh, that has received it. And he gives us that new name through obedience to the gospel of Christ Jesus. We need to hear the gospel message that Jesus died for our sins, believe Jesus to be the Christ, on the basis of that belief, be willing to turn from sin, make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus, and then we read in Acts 2.38 when the question was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? Uh, in verse 37, in verse 38, Peter answered, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift uh, of the Holy Spirit. Do you know one of the gifts that God gives us in Christ Jesus is that new name that nobody knows except he that has received it? You know, when you get that new name, it doesn't matter if people call you out of your name. See, because God has given me a name that you know nothing about. I don't even get upset now when people call me out of my name. I know my name. I mean my real name. My real name is not even the one that's on my birth certificate. But the name that I've received in Christ Jesus. If you really want a name, then submit to the gospel of Christ Jesus and walk faithfully in God's way. Perhaps you're here this evening, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing.